The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Giants are the main topic today, but we're not talking about sports teams. We'll be talking in a few moments with Travis Roy, who has looked into the giants in ancient America. Okay, that's before George Washington came here. So we'll ask him about that, how we got interested in it, and the evidence that points to giants. In the meantime, our co-host Tim Swartz is telling me he got a guest lined up, I guess for June, is it, that wrote a book about the Beatles? Yes, yeah. It's going to be in the the middle of June, and uh, this guy's name is uh, uh, Donald uh, Jeffries. And so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to him. He should be a uh, a really good guest. Now, without going into detail, how does that become paranormal? The Beatles. <laughs> well, I don't know if paranormal would be quite the word for it, but maybe conspiratorial, because he's going to address, and as well, he's also uh, written things about the uh, JFK assassination as well, so we'll definitely have to bring that in. But uh, the Beatles book deals with the whole urban legend that went around college campuses in the uh, late 60s that Paul was dead. Paul McCarthy was dead, and that the Beatles had replaced him with a lookalike. Well, that lookalike became very rich. Okay, <laughs> he's a very rich imposter. But I recall there was a disc jockey in New York City that pushed that theory until he got so crazy they eventually fired him. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. And of course, part of it. As I recall, and we'll do this show later, but it's, it might be fun to mention before we go on, that number one in Abbey Road, if you look at Paul, he has got a different leg forward, and he's barefoot. barefoot. That's the first clue. Then there is Strawberry Fields Forever, where when the song closes out, the voice speaks very slowly. And people thought, they said, I buried Paul. <laughs> but if you ask John Lennon, it was really cranberry sauce. <laughs> yeah, and supposedly there was backward masking going on on some of the albums, you know, where you would go and you'd put the LP into a neutral and then with your fingers spin it backwards and you would hear like secret messages being sent by the Beatles for whatever reason, let people know that Paul was dead. 
Well, the one thing that would do if you play the record backwards, you get a lot of surface noise built up on the vinyl. Remember, this is vinyl. This was mm -hmm. not CD. There was no such thing. This was not cassette because there was barely such a thing as cassette coming out around that time. So if you played the vinyl backwards and spun backwards a few times, boy, the surface noise would get much worse. My oh, experience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when uh, you worked at a radio station, you'd have to spin the record back just a little bit in order to get it queued up properly. Oh, I did that many times. Oh, and what yeah. would happen then, especially with the small stations that didn't have a lot of copies of the record, they just had the copy that the music promoter or the record company sent. After you do this for a few weeks, it gets very scratchy at the beginning. So, you, of course, you would spin up to the first tone, then you'd back off a second. And I did this, you know, for a living. I did this kind of thing. And as I said, the record would become really scratched the first, you know, two or three seconds. Now, we'll talk more about the Beatles and the conspiracies next month. Does that guy believe, by the way, that Paul is dead? No, 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 no. I haven't read the book yet. But from the impression that I've gotten from, you know, reading the uh, notes about the book, it's it's addressed as an urban legend, you know, an entertaining one, but still an ur urban legend. Just quickly speaking of Strawberry Fields Forever, it's actually two recordings, two takes. So part of it, they sped up slightly. The other part of it, they slowed down slightly. So it became one cohesive recording. Yep, definitely be a uh, an interesting show on that date. Travis Roy is our guest today. We go into the stories of giants. But speaking of giants, in the other sense, have you followed all this crazy Beatles lore he's talking about? Well, <laughs> a little bit. Are you a Beatles fan? I thought everybody was, but I'll ask. No, I am. Yeah, I definitely am. Well, I would think at this point that a lot of people probably no longer remember the whole Paul is dead thing. So, I mean, this this may be completely new uh, territory for Travis. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I was really enjoying listening to y'all talk about it because I'd never heard that spin before. I just didn't really enjoy their music, though. What's strange here, or maybe not strange, is that the most streamed Beatles songs are not the ones Lennon and McCartney wrote. There, here comes the sun and something from George Harrison. Hmm. Okay. The other thing here is, I don't know whether you did or not. Do you remember this, what, six-hour Get Back documentary from Peter Jackson on the Disney Channel? I do not. Well, I'll just mention it quickly before we get into your interest. There, they took the original Let It Be movie and they went back to the source footage and they re-edited it they digitized the music and they were able to separate the music from the commentary and it turned out that a lot of what we believed about the recording of that album was not really true it was spun to be very negative but the actual fighting amongst the fab four wasn't that much but the most amazing thing about it was watching Paul begin the backing track and the basic structure of Get Back. 
in about two minutes and 20 seconds, where he's just playing around with his bass guitar, and suddenly he's playing the backup of Get Back, like in two minutes and 15 seconds. It's something that's on YouTube. It's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. You can't believe how, how talented this guy is. Well, they definitely know their stuff, or they, or they did. I know, well, I guess we're assuming Paul's still alive, right? <laughs> we're assuming Paul's still alive, and we're assuming that Ringo aged, what, 82, 83, and ready to begin touring again is still alive. So somebody's yeah. coming out there and saying, I'm Ringo. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like a great topic. Well, of course, since we're a paranormal show, we can always talk about the fact that John Lennon saw UFO. A lot of artists, by the way, did see UFOs or write about them. And the other example would be like John Fogarty of Creedence Clearwater Revival. One of his recordings on the same album, I think, as Fortunate Son was a UFO song. Up From the Skies by Jimi Hendrix, of course. John Lennon mentioning UFOs in one of his songs, things like that. Tommy James and the Shondells, Tommy James being interested in UFOs, and Reg Presley of the Trogs, you know, Wild Thing, that kind of thing. You make my heart sing that thing. He wrote a book about crop circles and UFOs shortly before he died. Unfortunately, we learned about it too late. I would have loved to have had him on. Oh, well. That's that's very interesting because I have heard that um, John Lennon had seen a UFO. I, I feel like I saw a video or, or something. Maybe it was an article I read uh, regarding that. Well, when he was estranged from Yoko Ono, he took up with a woman named May Pang, who's still around, by the way. And they together were allegedly naked looking out the window at a New York City apartment where they saw this UFO. And that's a giant story. But speaking of giants, we've got Travis Roy to talk about giants in early America with Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. 
Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477-800-721-2477-800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at teamgaday.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your longevity business. Teamgaday.com. Teamgaday.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. It is the amazing segue we do here on the Paracast. Travis Roy is our guest. Travis, I am very curious here. Of all the things one can become interested in, why did you start looking into the possibility of a race of giants? Well, that's a great way to start. Uh, Initially, I wasn't looking into giants. I was actually researching the mound-building culture of the ancient Celtic people and the Scythians and Sumerian peoples. And that was in like 2010 when I really dove into that subject. Well, while going through that subject, I discovered that these burial mounds, you know, they kind of have a trail from the kind of the biblical land all the way up through Europe. Um, they all they also went towards the east, but a lot of them went towards the west. And 
as I was looking into this, I found that there were giants buried among these people. So the Celts aren't known to be giants, but there were giants among them. So I was not quite looking for that, and I wasn't. Uh, it took me off guard, to be honest. And so from there, I started to look into giants more, discovered that they were also in, in America. Um, I bought some literature. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Fritz Zimmerman. I uh, bought his book, and I really liked his book, and he's done a lot of research uh, in America. But, you know, in looking in the book, uh, and this is no nothing against him at all. He just typed it out to where it's more easy to read. I wanted to see the articles for myself and, and like the actual newspaper articles. So I started an account uh, 10 years ago this year, uh, just putting them onto an account so people can see it so I could remember it. And that's kind of how I got where I'm at. Before we get into this discovery... What is your background? Have you ever explored things like this before? Well, okay, I was raised in the church, and, you know, I've learned the stories of the Bible, uh, the giants in the Bible. But other than that, I just had a deep interest in world history, like ancient world histories uh, from childhood. But And so I guess that's why I, I'm, I'm so fascinated by this, is because it's a history that is not taught in any school books as far as I'm aware. So yeah, that's, that is kind of my background. Um, just, I just really love archeology span and history, but stumbling upon this, I was not ready for, didn't expect, but they, the articles are there. Um, you, you know, the megalithic stones are there. I mean, you, you can go through France and you see these massive standing stones. Some of them are 40 feet tall. Well, they'll, they would show you like miniature people building like a dirt ramp and somehow they pulled this thing up. But you can do research and you can find where there are these newspaper articles in the 1800s and 1900s where people were they were reporting on archaeological finds of and digs and finding skeletons of massive men in France. And so you just connect the dots. You know, you can't believe you know, what National Geographic might would have put or the Reader's Digest might would have put, you know, back in the 1990s or whatever, or even now. You just have to connect the dots because they're not going to do that for you. When we talk of giants, how tall are we speaking about? Okay, in America, I would say that just the average height of a giant man in America is going to be between seven well, if you at average height, it's going to be around nine, between nine and 12 feet for a man. The women were from seven to eight feet tall of the giants. That's just that's pretty average. I have discovered higher or taller ones, 15 feet. Um, of course, you can get I found some that were um, uncovered articles of some really big ones. Uh, Louisiana, 28 feet tall. I mean, you have to. I don't know. That's just that's really big. But I think I connect those to be more ancient races of giants. The, the ones that are found in burial mounds are anywhere from seven to 12 feet tall, give or take a little bit more. Tim. So it, when you go and look throughout 
history and all of the like uh, mythologies in Europe, Mediterranean, places like that. I mean, they're full of stories of giants. And uh, people now tend to kind of, oh, well, you know, those they weren't really referring to giants. They, you know, they were, you know, symbolic or, or, or something along those lines. But you read these stories, and you can pretty much see that these were oral traditions that had been passed down through time and weren't meant to be you know, symbolic or, or uh, uh, what were trying to teach a, teach a fable, but you go all across these areas and the stories are so similar. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not just like, okay, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk, come, like the folklore tale, uh, even of more modern times, Jack and the Beanstalk. It's almost a laughing stock, but where do these, where did this, where did this idea come from, right? It, it had to come from, you know, what they're, they were digging up in the 18 and 1900s, um, I don't, you know, they're not allowed to really dig anymore, but back then they were digging them up. So, yeah, you're right. All those lore and traditions had to come from somewhere. Well, and and I don't know how much has been discovered in North and North Central and, and South America, but I do know that, that overseas there's been a number of discoveries of overly large weapons, axes especially, uh, uh, swords, that are obviously not built for human hands, or at least normal-sized human hands. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and, and people would say, well, that's just ceremonial or just for display, right? And who knows? Maybe some are, but maybe not. Uh, I know in America, you can go to a museum. Uh, it's called the Ancient Ozarks or Ancient Museum of the Ozarks in Missouri. And you can go down in the basement and there are massive battle axe, stone battle axes that have been discovered from all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And some of these are 10 inches big, like 10 inches across, you know, seven inches tall. And there's just way too many of these large stone tools. I mean, even in the museum itself, it's written, you know, just think of the strength of the people who had to wield these weapons and, and tools, gardening tools, whatever, whatever they all were. There are some really massive stone uh, tools and weapons. So those aren't just ceremonial because some of these accounts that I've come across, they are they mention these massive battle axes within the mounds alongside the giants. So basically, Travis, they didn't build giant objects there for the heck of it. They had to have been used by something or someone. I want to ask you a few more questions about that as we proceed. Travis Roy is our guest. Tim Swartz is the co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. 
we now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. This is a USA News update. President Biden is setting up a call with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to try and get debt ceiling negotiations back on track. Debt limit talks hit a wall Friday. On Saturday, McCarthy said he wouldn't resume negotiations till Biden returned to the country from the G7 summit in Japan. Also attending the summit is Ukrainian President Zelensky lobbying for continued support and aid, even as Biden has given the go-ahead for his countrymen to be trained on F-16 fighter jets. National Treasure is the winner of the 148th Preakness Stakes. Kentucky Derby winner Mage came in third. In basketball, the Nuggets beat the Lakers 119-108 to take a commanding 3-0 lead in the NBA Western Conference Finals. This is Karen Sloan, USA News. I know I need to pay attention to my health, but I just can't seem to find the time. Between rushing to work and taking care of the kids, there's not much time left over for me. So I decided to start small by eating more fruits and vegetables and being more active. And then I got the family to make some changes too. We started by keeping a bowl of fresh fruit on the counter and I limit the amount of sweet snacks I keep in the house. I've also found some creative ways to add more vegetables to our meals. We're taking more walks, and on the weekends, we head down to the pool at the rec center. It doesn't happen every day, but it does happen. You don't have to change your entire life to be healthier. Just make some simple changes and include your family. You'll see how easy and fun it can be. You can make a difference. Eat smart, play hard. And when you do, your kids will too. A challenge from USDA. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about the alarming increase in man-made disasters, financial institutions collapsing, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on over a dozen emergency food kits. These include tasty breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, fruits, veggies, meats, and snacks, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. My Patriot Supply food kits are in stock and shipped discreetly. We've seen too many Americans let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. MyPatriotSupply.com MyPatriotSupply.com 
Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? How far back, Travis, are we tracing the apparent presence of giants? Now, this is a, all this is an assumption because of what, you know, the people who wrote the articles, you know, they will say, well, this, these seem to be about 500 years old, or these seem to be about 1,000, 1,200 years old. I don't know what they're basing that off of, but these, these people were digging them up in, you know, say the mid-1800s, early 1900s, and that's the conclusion they came to. Um, but they did have some notable people come out and look at them. You had doctors looking at them. You had you had all kinds of people who, you know, weren't they weren't just like the janitor, not to knock off janitors or anything, but like, you know, down the street or whatever. They had everybody looking at them and they would a lot of times they would show the whole town. And so a lot of times the doctors of the day would look at them and, and try to tell how old they were. Is that is that the question you're asking, basically? I was trying to see how far back we have records of the possible presence of oh, I gotcha. of, of giants. And the reason I say that is if it's 500 years old, that means 500 years ago, which isn't very long in the scheme of things, we had this race of giants where they go. But how can we trace it back to pre-biblical times? What? Oh, I got you. That is a good question. I don't know. I mean, obviously, who's to say? Because some of these, like, for example, there was one that was found in Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee. I don't have it right in front of me, but I remember it. It was found like they were digging a well. And a lot of times people would find it when they were digging basements or digging into like a mound that they thought was just like a hill for dirt. That They discovered that it was a mound. But in this particular case, they were digging for a well and they found it like... It's like 20 to 30 feet down, and they found this giant that was 19 feet long, but he was like fossilized, and he was in a. It was like he was. It's almost like he was buried alive, is what it looked like. It wasn't like a burial. It was like something had buried it. So that may be like one of the pre-biblical or like the biblical times uh, giant from biblical times. So who's to say how old it really is? So as far as a date of, of assurance, I don't know, right? And I don't know if anybody would be able to stamp that example on account is uh, kind of looks like it might be from that era. And so did this the, race uh, coexist with regular sized humans or was it an entirely different race that might not even be human? Okay, that's a great question. Um, sometimes they did coexist um up in the dakotas there was an account where there was a eight foot giant found in a burial mound but also about 50 other skeletons of a like a pygmy race of people or a dwarf race they were about four feet tall and so they obviously were living together because they were on the same burial mound um i've come across an account where there was a giant buried with two regular sized females one they said was like a caucasian looking female and the other one was like a mix of a Caucasian and native. Now some of these don't seem all that old because I I came across an account 
in the Midwest uh, where they found because in the areas of like Arizona, New Mexico, some of those the like if the desert arid desert uh, temperatures can kind of preserve things and almost mummify if it's in the right spot. They found one like a giant in a cave, but he had been cut off at the knees, but he was still really big from his kneecap to his head and he had been scalped. So that was very interesting to me because that didn't seem like it was all that old. So sometimes I have a hard time labeling prehistoric giant because I like to do that because some of them are, they seem to be old, but like that guy didn't seem to be all that old, but he was fairly big. Like he was seven, between seven and eight feet. If, you know, if he had the rest of his legs. So you did, you had them living together, just giants, but then sometimes they, they seem to be living with regular sized people. Um, for example, the Paiute Indians fought off a race of red-haired cannibalistic giants, um, and they wrote about that, and they even had some of the hair left over from it. But that was the Lovelock Cave, Nevada giants, and they obviously weren't mixing in with the regular people. So I, I guess the answer may be both. As we look back to the past and what happened... And this gets to how you started looking for giants. Do you have any feelings about so-called ancient aliens that maybe sometime in the distant past, E.T. was here? Whether E.T. represented giants or whatever, it was a race of entities or beings from other planets. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I could see how, I mean, and when they say the Watchers came down and they took women... And then their offspring were Nephilim, being these these giant humanoid-type creatures. Now, I've, I've often thought, like, who's to say the Watchers didn't look like, you know, aliens or something like that, or even have a craft? There's no one to—no one was there, but who's to say that that wasn't possible? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can see that. What I wonder about whenever we have theories of this nature, how do we nail it down or can we? You know, we have relics and there are obviously different explanations to what those relics can be. But is there anything provable that we can say, yes, those giants are certainty? Well, to, well, a good thing to look at is, like I mentioned before, the... The stone artifacts, for one thing, like massive axe heads. Now, there's way too many of them to be ceremonial. Like, I think that's just a lie to cover it up. What else can we look at? We can look at, uh, there, are, there are footprints in stone that you can look at. Um, I found a pretty big one in Texas um, while I was out hiking. Uh, there, but there's so many you can look up online. Um, there's a, a pretty a notable one in South Africa, I believe. It's kind of up on an end, like the earth must have shifted slightly. But whenever it stepped, it left like a footprint that's four feet long. I don't know what the math is on that. I don't know if he was like 30 feet tall, um, 20 something feet tall. So and then bones, right? I feel like. You know, bone, bones are a hard thing to come by these days um, in this subject. And if you were to have any, I'm sure they probably wouldn't last very long. Um, 
now and i and i'm in the of the belief that they probably still are bones around and i'm also the belief that there are so many burial mounds that are undocumented or even unknown that are probably still you know housing these bones um throughout america and or and around the world um Possibly other countries may have them. I know Peru is a little more open-minded to showcase things of this nature. I'm not sure where they stand now. Um, but, yeah, as far as evidence, that's really all I can say. Like the hard evidence would be, let's look at the stone artifacts. Let's look at the footprints in stone. And that's pretty hard evidence, I would say. What is mainstream science's perception of all this evidence. I bet you that they just turn a blind eye to this. That's what I would say. So they just reject the idea of giants completely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and the reasons for that are is speculation, but you know, what, what would it disprove? Um, Darwinism, perhaps, um, you know, the reasons are you almost have to just kind of guess because there's nobody telling us. I'll tell you what, let's do our break here. We have Travis Roy and the topic is giants. Were there giants? I mean, seven foot, 12 feet, 15 feet, whatever. In our recent past with Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. 
My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack, lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, what's the most recent artifact indicating the presence of a giant, Travis? Oh, the most recent artifact. Well, like I said, that museum. Now, I'm not sure when. And this guy, the guy who owns the museum is he's the owner of Bass Pro Shops. And I guess with his extra income, he's he's created and accumulated and bought all these artifacts. Now, I have to I have to assume that a lot of these artifacts might have come from the time period of when people were actually breaking earth on these mounds. So we're talking probably, you know, night the early 1900s, uh, somewhere in there. But as far as like when these were made, it's hard to know. Um, I mean, on a hike of my own, I've discovered a couple big axe heads. One is like 15 inches long and about you know six inches tall. And it's you know it's been worked. It's been sto- it's, they've worked with it and created it into the shape of an axe and notched it. Um, very large. And in the same area that I hiked. I discovered an ancient megalith, which a megalith is where they've taken either stood up a stone or in this case, they stood a stone up and then they laid a massive stone over, propped it up on it as like a boundary marker. So, you know, I know that they were the giants were in the area where I was hiking just based on artifacts I uncovered just walking, just walking. They were just laying on the ground and then this massive uh, megalith. 
So as far as dating it, it's hard for me to tell. I mean, obviously, you don't really know when it was made. I, I tend to not agree totally with all the dating processes because, you know, some of these bones, when they dig them up, they crumble. And they'll say, well, because of great age, they crumbled. Well, it depends on the where it was buried. Like if there's a lot of moisture in the ground right there, or if it was like, say, in Colorado, it may not turn into like a fossilized state or it may not crumble when it, it makes contact with the air. So it's, it's really hard to tell how old the stonework is or the bones, really. So we can't say hundreds of years or thousands of years then. Has it ever been carbon dated? On Oh, the actual, um, the actual uh, skeletons? Yes. Uh, I'm not real sure about that because I'm not sure if they were doing that in the, you know, the 1800s and the early 1900s. As far as I know or I'm aware of, there's I've not come across a report of them saying that they actually ran tests on it. So what did they do when the doctor made that uh, claim when he looked at them? I'm, I'm not I'm not really sure how he came to that conclusion. The question I would refer to here is how not only how old these artifacts are, but where this race of giants went. Where did they go to? If it's not that long ago, 500, 1,000 years, whatever. Yeah, you're right. That's a great question, too. Um, well, there are legends. The natives have legends of, of fighting them off, for one. There is a legend, I think, in northern Mexico where they actually said fire fell from heaven and consumed them. There's there's a legend in the north of America here where there was like a race of red-haired and a race of black-haired giants fought each other off. Um, then you have, there's a story of yellow hair. He was a giant uh, up in around, I think, the Dakota area. Or maybe it's Ohio. I believe it's Ohio. And there's an Indian legend of the uh, Shawnee Indians up there. They have a legend where they fought off this race of giants because they wouldn't share the land. The giants had this area, and the, the um, Shawnee moved in, and they wanted to share the, the land where they can grow and hunt. Well, the giants said, no, we've, we were here first. We're not going to do that. And Yellowhair actually threw a curse on the Shawnee saying, if you ever do try to take us over, you're going to be cursed forever. And there seemed to be some sort of curse on that tribe of natives. But I guess, I guess my point is um, they, were fight, they, they were fighting, and they fought them off. Somehow they fought the, the giants off. They were bowing down to worship the sun, as a legend goes, and the Shawnee just took them by surprise. I mean, a lot of Shawnee died as well, but they were able to kill the giants and at least the chief of the giants. It sounds to me like their level of development was Stone Age level. Yeah. Yeah, you see that sometimes, but I also come across um, copper artifacts buried with these giants. Some of them are encased in copper armor. Um, you have very intricate made uh, jewelry and so you have to you you really have to wonder, you know, who were these people? Because sometimes they don't have. Sometimes they have stone weapons. Sometimes they have more metal weapons. And so 
you don't really know if they're all related either because other types of, you know, there's many different ancient languages found in the U.S. here. You have, you have the Celtic language discovered here. You have uh, Viking language discovered here. You have some in uh, Minnesota. You have some also in Oklahoma. You have Celtiberian, which is the Iberian slash Celtic mix of people, that language. A lot of times with these giants, you'll have at what is called an unknown form of hieroglyphics buried with them. So we don't really know who they were because they have many different languages, it seems like. And who knows, maybe they were fighting each other at some points in time. So it's, it's hard to say uh, when, you, when you look into all that. On the surface, you'd think that a race of giants could beat the heck out of normal-sized humans just by sheer strength. Right. Yes, you would think that. And, and that's why I have a hard time with some of these legends. I'm like, how, how could they really fight them off? You know, I often wonder if they didn't go into hiding some of them. Um, that's just my personal take. Like, could they still be around? Um, maybe that's getting too far out there. But, you know, I've often wondered that as well. I mean, you think if this race really existed, unless they were kept with primitive tools and weaponry, they couldn't easily be defeated unless, of course, there weren't that many of them. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to say how many there were um, because a lot, you know, a lot of these burial mounds, they would a lot of the giants would be buried in them because they were the kings, the leaders, the chieftains. Um, so yeah, as far as numbers, I mean, I have one here in on, from Ontario, Canada, where it says approximately 200 prehistoric giants were discovered averaging nine feet in height. And they just found them buried one on top of the other in layers. So it's almost like, I don't know if it was like a battle or why there were so many buried in one spot, but that's a lot of men that very few were, were shorter Let's see. It says the skeletons of men of gigantic stature, some of them measuring nine feet, very few of them being less than seven feet in height. So that's about approximately 200 giants right there in that one spot, in that one burial ground up in Ontario, which is North America. So it's not too far from, you know, the northern parts like where we were or where we are. So I don't know if they all... I have a hard time believing they all just disappeared unless, like you're saying, maybe, I don't know, but they seem to disappear before our modern technology advanced enough to have, you know, to have the tanks, the army tanks, the, you know, the, the weapons that we have now to be able to fight off something that large and strong. Well, maybe they were uh, chased down south. Because you have records from, I think it, uh, it was Magellan, that uh, his uh, um, his crew discovered giants in what's now uh, Patagonia. So, I mean, that's well within recorded history. Correct. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Because they, 
They definitely were on the move because, I mean, really, you find them everywhere. You know, I focus on America, but I've I've come across articles and I'll I'll post them. Um, yeah, Japan, they were found in Japan. They were they they've been found and discovered all over the place. There's legends and of them being in uh, the Easter Island area, and they were like 12 feet tall, according to legend. We're talking about legends or reality behind giants. In America and elsewhere around the world, Travis is our guest with Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Giants. Now, Travis Roy, let me ask you. Were these giants, other than their size, human in the sense of the way they looked? Okay. Um, as far as their appearance, they look different. Um, I mean, as far as like they had the two arms, two legs, like we do, the head, but their facial uh, appearance was different. At where they didn't really have a forehead a lot of the times. From right above the eye socket, their head would slope back. Maybe not always. I don't know if y'all are aware or know of the um, Paracas skulls down in Peru. They they're very elongated. Like they, there's not really much of a forehead. 
Now, they were very similar to that up here, too. A lot of these accounts would actually call them ape men. Sometimes they would write that because they looked more like an ape. But yet they're buried with artifacts. So their bone structure was massive. Their shoulders, if they were an eight-foot-tall individual, their shoulders were four feet wide. And their bones, like their skulls, were an inch to an inch and a half thick. And they, they had sloping foreheads. Like, there was really no foreheads. Just like, immediately, it just starts to slope back. So, yeah, in appearance, they were very different looking, I would say. But as far as, like, what their facial features look like, you know, who knows. But, like, with the skull that different, you would have to think that they looked different than we did. Well, their teeth were different, too, in a lot of them, weren't they? Yes. Their teeth were, like, the size of a horse's teeth. And sometimes they had the double they had double rows, like say your front, your upper jaw, well they called it the upper jaw. So right directly behind that row of teeth would be another one. And and sometimes they would have it in the lower and upper jaw. I don't know. I, I guess I you know, that's just part of the Nephilim trait is what I like to call it. Because there's really no other way to describe it. Um, it's just something weird that happened to their body because it was a strange mixture of human and, you know, this angelic uh, morphism. And it wasn't supposed to happen. So you had weird stuff happen. Like even in the Bible, it talks about some men had some of these giants, not all of them. Some of them had six fingers on their hands. I've, I've come across weird accounts with some of them having weird bones growing off of their skulls that looked like horns. Um, and for years, I wouldn't ever post it, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is what the article says. Why am I? Who am I to try to hide it? You know, I wasn't there, but here's an article, and there's a lot of them from all over the U.S., and they're never in this growing from the same spot. Sometimes it's behind the ear. Sometimes it's above the ear. Sometimes it's in front of the ear. So, I don't know. I just started posting the weird stuff, too, because I was like, well, why not? The thing that I always found interesting about the whole giants mythology in North America is all the Native American tribes who have their own individual legends of of them as they moved down from Canada running into giants. I mean, I can I can think of at least a half a dozen, maybe more tribes that that, that have these same kind of stories. Right. Yeah. The Cherokee have these stories. Yeah, you're right. There's all, all it seems like all of them have run into them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, within their history, they have the they have the traditions and the stories, the oral traditions. Well, and that's that's one of the things about, I think, that um, some scholars try to refute the giant legends saying that it is somehow racism against the Native American tribes by saying that there could possibly have been another group of people living here, you know, in North America, maybe even, you know, Central and South America as well, uh, before the Native Americans got here. But the Native Americans were like, no, <laughs> we came white. These other big guys were here first. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think it's like Squire and Davis, they worked for the Smithsonian Institution. 
uh, in the early days, I think it was in the 1800s, and they went across America mapping these places out. And they wouldn't go as far as to say how big they were. They, they weren't saying – because at, at one point, the Smithsonian stopped uh, publishing this information. But they would, they would often say that sometimes a native – would be like a more recent Indian would be buried on the top of these mountains, like just like a couple feet down. But when you dug down to the bottom, that's when you had the really old ones down there. Now, from my research, I know how big these old ones were. Um, they were very big. I mean, sometimes they were seven feet. Okay, but seven feet, you say, well, that's not real big. But when you have a bunch of people that are seven feet and their bones are way thicker, You've got something else. You're dealing with something else. You're not dealing with an NBA basketball player. You're dealing with a different type of creature, uh, a different type of, I guess, you. I don't know if you want to call the person or not, um, a different humanoid. A subspecies, a kissing, a kissing cousin. That's right, yeah. Of homo sapiens sapiens. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you've got it. Well, let's let's talk about... The, the whole uh, the, the mounds and the mound builders. I think that a lot of people would be surprised that uh, there are areas all across uh, the country that uh, uh, supposedly at some time in the past, uh, um, whomever built these large earthen structures. Right. Yeah, there's a lot up in Ohio and Indiana. The largest mound in America, as far as I know and I'm aware of, is Cahokia Mound, and it's massive. I want to say it's like 100 feet high or, or more, and it's very big. It takes up acres of land, and it's like an earthen pyramid. There's some speculation that it might be covering something else up, like built over top of another structure. We're, we're unsure what it is. Um, but yeah, you're right. All over America, really. I mean, even here in East Texas, there are flat top pyramidal mounds. And each each of the corners of these mounds, they either they'll line up with some sort of event like a summer or winter solstice, or each of the corners will line up with the cardinal lines like the east, uh, west, north, and south. And so these people knew. They knew their stuff. They knew the heavenly bodies. They knew the seasons more so than like the average person does today. Uh, I would say <laughs> more than I know today. I wish I knew what they knew. But how were they doing this, right? And but they had mounds all over the place, uh, burial mounds and and uh, temple worship mounds. Well, and um, archaeologists have have given various names to the people that they think were responsible for these mounds. The Adena culture is the first one that comes to my mind. I think there's there maybe mm -hmm. a couple couple of more. Um, and you know, place them maybe as far back as you know, maybe five hundred BC up to about a thousand AD. But um, again, the Native Americans in those areas will generally claim that they weren't responsible, that their ancestors weren't responsible for the mounds, that the mounds are already there when they moved in. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I'm not sure. They just label these people, like you said, the Hopewell, the Adena, the Mississippian. But that's like 
well, what about the Iroquois or the Cherokee? Like, what are the, what, like the real names? Where, you know, why, why are we just naming them these names? And a lot of it has to do with like the town or the farm that it was on or the guy who found the first one. Um, and so it's this name sticks, but it doesn't tell you who they were. Right. And you're right. The, the natives, if you, I mean, if you were to ask the old timer, you know, the elders, of the tribes, they they say that they didn't build those. It was another group of people that were there before or were there alongside them, but they did not build them. I want to ask more about a lot of these things. Go back to Easter Island again, too. We have Travis Roy. The topic right now, we may get to other subjects, is giants. With Gene and Tim, you're in. The Pericast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about the alarming increase in man-made disasters, financial institutions collapsing, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on over a dozen emergency food kits. These include tasty breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, fruits, veggies, meats, and snacks, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. My Patriot Supply food kits are in stock and shipped discreetly. We've seen too many Americans let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. MyPatriotSupply.com MyPatriotSupply.com Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. 
Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. Getting back to the monoliths at Easter Island, is that what they looked like? You know what? That's a great question. I've often wondered the same thing. I would tend to say yes. I would tend to say they were building monuments to their kings and leaders. You know, the long ears, um, you know, when you have these giants that are 12 foot or higher, and we already know that they looked different, obviously you can't tell what the ear shape was because that would have rotted away if you were to even dig up a skeleton. I would tend to say yes. Obviously, I don't know, but I would I would surmise that, yeah, that they probably did look similar to that. And you find stones like that in... I want to say other places like I feel like Peru has some similar faced uh, stones, statues. Um, what comes to mind are the Cha-Cha Poya. Those people were supposedly giants, very tall people, like a reddish hair, and they lived up in the clouds. They were called cloud warriors. But there are very similar looking stones and carvings, not as large, not a, a not a large scale a size of stone, not massive. But I guess I'm saying that the artwork and the statues were similar in appearance. And there are traditions of these peoples coming from like the Persian area and, you know, on a boats or ships coming over to the uh, South America and from there moving from South America to Easter Island and from there to New Zealand. And so that's that's tradition. That's their tradition. What they what they tell today, because there are people that live on those places now that they don't they don't look like the natives there. They they kind of have and they may may people may say, well, this is racist. Well, I'm not trying to sound racist or anything. I'm just I'm just looking at history and listening to the stories these people tell. They kind of have red hair still. There are still remnants of people there and, and they're just normal sized people. But you have to wonder, like, maybe they are just remnants of those peoples because it, it matches the story. You know, you have the red-haired mummies in Peru, and then you have these people living Easter Island or New Zealand today that are similar in, in appearance with the, as far as hair color, natural hair color goes. Tim. Let me take this from where you left off here, Gene. I remember... 
and I wish I could, I wish I could remember the guy's name now. Talking uh, on uh, on another show I was on years ago about giants, and he was saying that from his research, that these things came from Mesopotamia, and that uh, they were actually. Um, more along the lines of like bankers and accountants, <laughs> that that sort of thing. Very good with um, money and wheeling and dealing, and actually brought that over to North America, where there were already um, you know groups of normal sized people living and established themselves as like the kings and leaders of uh these these tribes of smaller people because i mean they're uh, they were giants but there weren't a lot of them and that they brought with them mathematics things like that 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 helped these these early uh, native races uh, uh, here in North and South America. Are, are, are you familiar with that concept? Well, I've heard similar things to that. I haven't mm-hmm. heard that, gentlemen's, but that does make sense to some stories, even even like the legends of some of the Cherokees. They, there was a, and I forget what the Cherokee called them, but there was like a race of different people living among them, mm-hmm. and they were the leaders and that they couldn't hardly do anything against them. And so it seems to be that they must have been the giants because there are giants buried within, like, the area where the Cherokees lived in Tennessee, uh, North Carolina. So finally the Cherokee banded together, and they pushed these people out. But for the longest time, they could do nothing against these leaders. And, and it goes right along with what you, you just said. Yeah, I seem to remember that uh, they referred to them in, say, like uh, uh, Ohio, what would now be Ohio and Virginia, places like that, as the moon-eyed people. Correct. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and they were, I'd almost think they're almost like priestly-like people. Mm-hmm. Like they knew like the mathematics. They knew the heavenly bodies. They, who knows if they could cast spells or whatnot. Like who, what were they connected to, right? Were they into witchcraft? Who knows? Um, but yeah, that seemed like they were very powerful and then, of course, very big and strong. And so you could hardly stand up against them. Mm-hmm. But they brought, uh, they brought like um, leadership qualities that mm-hmm. I guess the Native Americans uh, at the time were lacking and, and really helped to start, you know, forming some of these uh, uh, early civilizations that then uh, came out, especially in Central and South America. Like, you know, the Olmecs and uh, peoples like that. Right. You're right. Yeah, that's right. And that's that goes along with, you know, what? almost all of the legends in South America have a very similar story of that. You got these big people show up. Sometimes I don't call them big, but they come in. They're like bearded men and they teach them civilization and teach them how to plant and, and, and grow crops and how to you know, basically, like you're saying, make money. It's mathematics. It's making money. It's survival. It's all this. They did have a lot of um, information, and they were very smart people. So now when it comes to the early archaeological studies that 
that were being conducted in North America. Do you know what what were some of the earliest references to the discovery of giant bones in these uh, uh, earthworks? Uh, the earliest that, that they were digging them up is that what you? Yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, eighteen. Here I have one here that's eighteen fifty eight, eighteen ninety two, seventy six. Uh, I would say the mid eighteen hundreds is like the earliest that I've found. You know, I, I kind of want to find one that's like eighteen oh one or somewhere, but I have not found one back that far. And I'm not sure the reasons why. It, it may be that they weren't really digging yet, you know, excavating for them yet, or, you know, exploring burial mounds. But, yeah, it's like the mid-1800s. Well, and this this was, I guess, the, the explosion of interest in archaeology at around that same period. So that, that, that would make sense that, you know, in the United States you start getting – uh, 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 these kind of stories surfacing. And then, of course, you had the expansion of, of people moving from the east, heading west, and trying to uh, develop farmland and starting to dig into, like you said earlier, what they thought were natural hills. We're right. going to be That's more a, natural right. about this as we go on. With Travis, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. G'day, I'm Jamel that works with Dr. Joel Wallach and the GCN team with Longevity at TeamG'day.com. By becoming an associate, you provide income for you and your family on your own hours while working from home. So contact me, Jamel, by filling in the contact box at TeamG'day.com and I will get back to you personally and provide all the support you need to get started and build your Longevity business. TeamG'day.com. TeamG'day.com. USA News Update. President Biden will be setting up a call with Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy this weekend to get debt ceiling negotiations back on track. I still believe we'll be able to avoid a default and uh, we'll get something decent done. National Treasure, the winner of the 148th Preakness Stakes. Derby winner and favorite Mage came in third. The day was filled with highs and lows for Hall of Fame trainer Bob Baffert, who watched another in his stable have a meltdown get injured in an earlier race. The horse was euthanized. Ukrainian President Zelensky is set to meet with President Biden at the G7 summit. Zelensky holding talks with several other G7 leaders after arriving.
arriving in Japan yesterday. Two people are dead after a small plane crashed off the coast of Northern California. The National Transportation Safety Board said it's investigating that crash that happened yesterday afternoon. Corey Myers, USA News. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Hi, this is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Travis Roy talking primarily about giants. Do they still exist? In fact, that's an interesting question. We're tracing the possible presence of giants to the recent past. What is the most recent report? And I asked this before because I'm wondering, is it possible this race is still around? Okay. I want to say the most recent report that I've come across, obviously I don't have it right in front of me because I have so many accounts in front of me right now and I've posted over a thousand of them. Going from memory is about 1940 is the last time one was dug up. Now, there is an account that I came across not too long ago from the northern parts of Alaska. I think it was Alaska. Yeah. Where there was like a priest was, and this is at the very late, it was like right at the turn of the century of 1900 when it was posted, like 1907. And he talked about going up into the northern parts past where the uh, Inuits live. And he said there was a race of men that were way bigger than your, all the men were way bigger 
than the average American then. So I don't know what way bigger was, but they seemed like giants because all of the men were like that. It's not like you had a, a couple guys that were like six foot eight. All of the men seemed to be around seven foot, according to his account. And they were living, and he lived among them for about eight years. And he kind of learned their language. They had a strange language. He learned enough of it because I guess he was trying to, you know, reach out to them and because he was like a missionary. So, but that's probably, that actually is the latest account that I've come across. So they were right up around 1900. There was a group of them living in tribal units up in the northern parts or somewhere up in Alaska where like nobody else lived. So I would have to think that they're, they've got to be around still somewhere up there. Any relationship between these giants and possibly Bigfoot? There, I would tend to say that there is a possible relationship between the two. Well, one of the things that I've noticed is that there is often a description of Bigfoot having uh, reddish hair. And, of course lots of stories of the red-headed giants yes yeah i've heard the same accounts of of you know the bigfoot or the sasquatch having reddish hair as well two on that subject i've also heard that when people have a face-to-face encounter with this creature they they they're able to read what the creatures you know much like a human you can look at a person across a restaurant And when you look at them, you can tell they can kind of talk to you without saying a thing, right? Like you can tell if that person's happy with you or mad or, you you know, you can kind of talk without saying a word. And from what I've heard in accounts is it's much the same with the Sasquatch at, you know, with within facial encounters. So there definitely could be a connection. And of course, with giant bones. There's no hair left, so there, who's to say that these uh, uh, giants that have been dug up were smooth skin like us or needing a shave? Right. I was talking with a gentleman one time, and he said, now who's to say if we were to just go live in the forest, you may start growing hair on your body more so than you normally would um, just because you're sort of adapting to your area. And that, who knows? I mean, that was a interesting thought yeah uh, sasquatch is definitely a very interesting topic that seems to connect possibly connect with giants because you could take you can take a map of where giant skeletons are found and then you can take a map of where sasquatch sightings are seen and they almost look like the same map but they're not right so that's a great question well, I know that as I get older, I've definitely become hairier, except on the top of my head. The one, pla- the one place that you do want to grow more hair, and that's the place you don't. So, Sasquatch City, here I come. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yeah. Okay, going back to the early excavations that uh, people started uh, uh, discovering these mounds. Now, I think that... Our listeners may have the impression that these bones were being discovered by 
farmers or opportunists, treasure hunters or things like that. But that's not the case, is it? Well, I mean, you you really had a mass amount of people finding these. Okay, so you had archaeologists finding it. You had like curators of the mu- of museums, small museums, sometimes larger museums. Uh, the Carnegie Museum would come out a lot, and they would actually conduct digs. But the odd time you would have somebody, you know, plowing his field, and it would turn up a bone, and it would turn up another another bone. To uh, Tim's point, whenever people were moving west, they were, you know, they were building the railroads, and a lot of times they're cutting through these hills, and it wasn't a hill. Or sometimes a farmer was digging into what he thought was a gravel pit, and it was actually a gravel mound, and he starts uncovering these skeletons. Um, so you had you had both going on, but I think that once some of them were starting to be accidentally discovered. I think more and more of the museums got very interested in it because it was very it was very interesting and pretty cool. Like everybody was very excited. The whole town was excited about the discovery. So, yeah, I would say a lot of from that time, the uh, museums really got interested and started to like collect them and display them um, for a time. And a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, uh, people who were writing about these discoveries, I mean, were very uh, uh, very learned people. I mean, you know, uh, 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 archaeologists with uh, uh, master's degrees, and I mean, not not the type of people that would be, I don't know, jumping to conclusions Correct. about these discoveries, but uh, 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 smart, <laughs> smart people. Right, right. Yeah, say, I mean, if, if a farmer found it, well... The people would get word of it, and then they would send all these smart people out there. I mean, for lack of a better word, educated. <laughs> educated, there you go. <laughs> educated people would come out, look at it, and then a lot of times they say, and this many people witnessed it. You know, it, it would say all this stuff. So you had a very well-established story about this. And I'll go ahead and point out, too, these newspaper articles aren't at the front because nobody can tell because I, I have to crop them down. And, and post them so you're looking at it. But I'll just say most of these articles are not at the top of the page. Like people try to say, well, they were just lying like they are now. They're just trying to sell stories. Well, if they were, they weren't doing a good job because a lot of times it's not on the front page and neither is it at the top of the page. It's at the bottom of the last page or the middle or the side. It's never hardly ever at the top. So were these considered just to be a special feature or some kind of offbeat story? to yeah. separate themselves from the nonsense of the Danish news? I guess. I mean, it's a very interesting story, but I guess I guess my point to just making that, uh, just telling you all that, is that if it were to be something to sell a newspaper, I would think they would put it at the top, right? That's what I would think. But you, you'd have to just, you'd really have to be dedicated to read this whole newspaper to find the story. So my, I guess my point is, back then, they weren't trying to – they weren't just making stuff up. And I have a buddy who really, really likes to look into uh, Ancestry, and I'll, he'll just pick any of these stories, and he will do research, and he will find that every person in this story was a real person. We'll continue with Travis after this giant break. 
bad pun. And Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, this is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and best-selling author on safety and preparedness. The fact is, things are getting downright scary for everyone who's storing their wealth in the banks. We just saw the collapse of three major banks, and I would urge you to consider protecting your wealth ASAP. If even a tiny percentage of Americans attempt to withdraw their savings, we would see a collapse of the entire banking system, sending us into a modern-day Great Depression. Fortunately, there is a way for you to avoid this. It starts with contacting Advantage Gold. If you have an IRA or 401k, Advantage Gold can help convert those paper assets into physical gold and silver. This is the process that I recommend everybody use as a hedge against rapid inflation and to protect your retirement wealth from the banks. Take control of your financial safety today. Call 800-900-8000 to get your free gold investment kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Most basic diseases are caused by yeast in the gut and metals in the liver, and we all have a bit of both. The garlic in Extendivite has a yeast-killing effect in the gut while also helping the sulfur enzyme in the liver get rid of the metals. Extendivite just may improve your overall health. Products like Extendivite are the only way we are going to get our society healthy. And if you're waiting for the government and pharmaceutical care to solve your health problems, you're going to have a long, disappointing wait, I think. Extendivite is a complete formula for extended life in the new millennium. 80 can be the new 60. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay heating pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay heating pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com 
including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I did not hear them groan when I said, a giant break. (laughs) Travis, you were in the middle of bringing us to a point there. Would you go on? Yes. So a buddy of mine... He does a lot of ancestry research, and what he'll do, because I don't have time for this personally, but he'll take just a simple article that I've posted, and he will look at all the names of the individuals in the article, and he has actually reached out to people, and and none of them are fake people. They're all real people, and he's even reached out to descendants of these people and said, hey, did you hear that your grandfather you know, did this or this, and sometimes he hadn't heard but I guess my point is these articles are real because are they're real stories because they're real people. It's not like somebody just made some stuff up. So I think that lends a lot of credence and you know legitimacy to these stories. Well, and it wasn't just newspapers either that uh, recorded these events. There were a number of uh, well-renowned archaeological journals that uh, reported on these things as well. That's a great point. Do you want to elaborate with that? <laughs> yeah, go for it. No, no, no. You're the guest. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, you're right about that. I personally don't have any in my in my library yet, but I have heard that other people have, you know, there are extra, yeah, you're right. They're not newspapers, but you have extra um, books and art, uh, like writings on this subject where archaeological people and archaeologists have actually documented this stuff. But if you have any like examples of that, feel free to throw it out there. But I know I know what you're saying is true. So one of the controversies, the big controversy about all this is all these bones have been discovered. What happened to them? Yeah. Well, a lot of times they well, I'll go ahead and say sometimes these bones would crumble, right? So they would crumble. When that, whenever they made contact with the air, so they were already kind of in a, like a, they were in between the bone and fossilization stage, and you could kind of picture it almost like when something gets kind of wet, it gets crumbly, and so if the earth was damp right there, by the time they opened it up to the air, it would just kind of crumble to dust. Um, so some of the bones could not be retained and sent, but like sometimes it's just parts of the skeleton. But sometimes they could they could see the outline of the skeleton and get a measurement, but you know all the leg bones were not going to stay together. Um, but that's that's just you know some cases. Other cases they actually took the skeleton away, and you know the Smithsonian would come or the the Carnegie Museum or whatever Native, uh, early American history museum would come out, and then they would take them. So to answer the question of where are they now? 
uh, I assume that there is a there are warehouses somewhere with boxes of remnants of skeletons with like the name of the state or the county it was found in, um, unless they just got you know discarded totally. But I would I would kind of think that that's some very important history that even if it's not being taught today, that I think people would still want or certain people would still want to have them retained somewhere. Why do you think, I mean, to me, that's pretty impressive discovery, you know, giant bones, uh, giant human bones. Why would you think that they would be sequestered away somewhere where nobody can see them and, and as well denied that they ever existed in the first place? Yeah. Well, okay. So for one, I would say it was like 19 here. I'll tell you what year it was when the Smithsonian got tired of people calling in about them and, and reporting them. It was around 1934. I actually found an article that states that the Smithsonian institution is fed up on skeletons of prehistoric human giants. And Dr. Alice Herdlicka, of the curator of anthropology makes no bones about it. This is an article from the Waterbury Democrat from 1934. So they got tired of find. Or they got tired because obviously they stopped putting boots on the ground, but that didn't stop somebody digging and you know out a basement and discovering something. They got tired of they got tired of hearing it. So to answer your question, why? Because that's quite defined. Why would they want to suppress that? Um, for one, this is just my personal conclusion, would be it would prove the Bible. So if there's a Darwinistic push of, like, people started at, like, I don't know what the, you know, in the school books, you see it starts out as a, as a monkey, about three feet, and you finally make it to about six feet tall, right? Well, what does that do to that whole, you know, school book? or that whole section in the school book, it just blows that paper right off the book because, well, what do you do? What do you, how are you going to address this, you know, eight foot guy? Or, or how about, how are you going to address these 25, eight foot men, eight to nine foot men in this burial mound? You can't address that anymore. Right. So you have well, to suppress it. Yeah. But one point here, you don't have to consider them part of the same thing. We can have the normal race of humans for the normal heights and the normal evolutionary path, but we could have other creatures that follow separate evolutionary paths. Right, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. And then my next point, like y'all brought up um, Bigfoot. Now, and is, is there any relation to the giants? Well, I mean, if there is a connection somehow, Maybe that's not a subject that anybody wants to really touch right now. Like maybe that's maybe we should just not think about any of this at all and just keep it in a closet or in a basement somewhere and just go on like nothing ever happened. I don't know. That's just I'm just surmising, you know. Right. But we're also looking at this information that we got from you. When we set up the show, it said from 1850 to 1940, they constantly made the news, the Giants. But then they suddenly stopped. Why? Yeah. Okay. That That is my best answer is because in, 
let's see, 1891, the Smithsonian argues for the right to excavate and display prehistoric skeletons. So they they actually were trying to get and they basically they were coming into Ohio and they were digging up these ancient mummies and skeletons and want, putting them on display. Well, people in Ohio didn't really like that and they started saying, "Hey, you can't just come in and unearth a skeleton of anybody." You know, without a coroner coming in and saying that you can do that. Well, they basically argued for the right to do it because it's historical we can do this so so they did that in 1890 1891 is that article um and then you you end up with the one in 1934 where they're they're getting tired so something changed and i don't know the answer of why they changed but i just know that it did and well, I know now it's a lot more difficult uh, to go digging into um, ancient American uh, uh, earthworks because it's uh, you know it's they've been declared uh, uh, sacred by the Native American tribes. So I could see why no new discoveries have been coming out from official digs. And probably, you know, any of the uh, ones that could have been dug up accidentally by farmers or people like that, most of those have already been found. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, you know, you're I think you're onto something, too. Like, so say you did discover something like that. What would happen if a local news agency reported it? Like, would it stay on the air? Would it would it be scrubbed off? Like, I don't know. And maybe maybe it would go. Maybe they'd start printing more reports about it. I don't know. Or to just be declared fake news, and that would be it. <laughs> I have a hunch it might be like, like that, but it may be worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get that for years with strange stories. I mean, UFOs. Right. For many many years, someone saw a UFO. They were drunk. All right. I would think it would take something more than alcohol to make somebody imagine they saw a UFO. But, you know, that's the story anyway. So a lot of these strange things have been debunked. The question is here, is there an organized conspiracy, say, to hide knowledge of an ancient race of giants? What a story. We have Travis, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, 
a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Welcome back to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Travis Roy, is there a conspiracy to keep us from learning the truth about giants? Well, I mean, for years, I, I tried not to even look at that question because, you know, I was like, well, hey, look, I... And just about finding this ancient history because it's not been taught to us and just putting it out there. Let's just blast it out there because there are young people coming up who have no clue about ancient history. But the longer I've gone, you know, I try I, I would try to, like, you know, not look that question right in the eye. Right. But as my research went along, you know, I've, I found these articles I just read to you like they were excited and they actually strongly argued for the, the right and we'll just say, you can call it, let's just call it the museums, right? Because the Smithsonian was the head of all, like basically the head of all, you know, ancient historical museums. Um, you know, finding that article where they're super excited about it. And then finding another article where they say giant skulls from Peru are, you can see them on display within the Smithsonian Institution. You can see their skulls and their weapons, the giant's weapons, in the Smithsonian, 1900. Um, I found an article where they come in and they buy, um, they buy a nine-foot mummy from a like a a dime museum that was going out of business in 19, uh, 1895, and they sent in a lot of people and they they found out it was an authentic, real skeleton slash mummy of a nine foot individual and they said this would be great to put on display in the smithsonian and then all of a sudden in 1934 you have this new guy named alice herdlicka he's a real dude you can look him up and something changed and they no longer they're getting tired of people finding them because they couldn't control that and so was there a conspiracy or you know was there a cover-up or is there I don't know if you just follow that that little trail right there. It seems to say yes, um, but 
I'm no insider. Well, I think the person that you mentioned there, what was what was his name again? His name was Alice Herdlicka. I think, and and I could be wrong. Maybe it's somebody somebody else earlier. There was an effort after a while to show that the Native American tribes were the first first ones here, and that there were no other. Like, you know, like the Vikings had never never got here. You know, the Chinese didn't get here. Nobody else got here uh, except the Native American tribes and then Columbus. And so anything that was being presented as contrary to that was routinely dismissed. Right. Yeah, you're right. I forget the gentleman's name, but you are right. So he did precede this guy in 1934. There was a guy in the more early 1900s, and I wish I could remember his name. But you're right. There was a push even previously before that to to change the narrative of the story to keep it more like it is today. Well, and, you know, I can see his point somewhat because before that, there there was a lot being written that the Native Americans, there had been no way that they had the smarts to build, say, like Chihokia or or some of the other sites, even as far down as you know the 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 Olmecs and the Maya, that they were not smart enough or capable enough of doing the work that they did, so that there had to have been a white influence that did all this for you know to to, to help the silly Native Americans along. So I mean you know I could see where. Or why they were trying to do this to try to you know to, to to get away from that prejudice. However, it's kind of like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. You know, everything was being tossed aside. Right. Yeah. No, I I, I see it just like you see it on that on that regards. Like, yeah, it does. It makes it sound bad, and that does make sense for them to say, well, look, hey, because anybody I believe is capable of anything. Right. I mean. If you put something your mind to something, doesn't matter what you look like, you can get it done, unless unless it's something like a you know massive megalithic walls on this fort or something. Where he's like, well, it's going to have to be a giant to erect that. But who's to say what the giant looked like? Because you know some of these some of these giant tribes we didn't talk about this yet, but they they mixed in with the native cultures. You had uh, was it Captain John Smith? went up the Susquehanna River, and he, the Susquehanna Indian tribe or native tribe, he said everything about these dudes were huge. Like, they were just massive men. They were like giants. And he witnessed them himself and wrote about it. So, yeah, you're right. Let's not throw everything out, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, let's – but I think you're right. That is one reason they said, you know what, we got we to gotta rain this down. But you can't rain down truth, right? You can't – pull truth out just because somebody might be getting the feelings hurt, you know? Well, and you, you know, we have these, these stories from these well-known explorers, uh, uh, in, in the early days, that had these reports of, of seeing giants uh, uh, still intermingling with these tribes, yet people tend to accept one 
one aspects of their stories, but then ignore the others that are inconvenient. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, the the stories of of Magellan and some of the earlier explorers running into uh, um, giants in in South America and giants who weren't very friendly either. Uh, I think it was uh, the Magellan stories that said that they lost a number of crewmen to these giants who chased them back to their boats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they weren't all nice. That's for sure. So, I was just looking at, because um, Gene had asked, I think, if there had been any more, any recent discoveries of giant bones. And I'm, I'm seeing here a story about um, uh, a, a, a giant female skull discovered in 2013 in Ecuador. Oh, okay. So, this skeleton was... Um, Seven foot four inches tall. Oh, that's kind of, incredible! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and considering the, uh, they were saying the average height of a woman in those days was only five foot eight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but let's see. And, and oh, it says the remains of a much larger giant were found in Ecuador in 1964. Um, they said uh, um, they said that this this one would have been over fifteen feet tall. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the bones were over 10,000 years old. That doesn't say how they came to that deduction unless it was determined by how deep it was found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of these other countries, they're, they're more ready to admit that than, like, say, maybe our own country. I'm not sure why. We've, you know, we've been talking about that and the reasons why, maybe. But I think it's I think it's incredible when they come out with these more recent articles like that. I feel like I've I came across one not too long ago from like the Scandinavia region. And these men were very large men, um, these these ancient Vikings that they had dug up. And I'll say they were like around seem like they said they were well above eight. I mean, well above six feet is how the article wrote it. Right. That's like all they were going to give it. But. There were some pretty big dudes that f- were found, and not that long ago, just a few years back, an article that I came across. So now, um, in the United States, in North America, are there uh, any locations that seem to have an abundance of these bones discovered, or, or are they just kind of scattered about, uh, uh, you know, helter-skelter, you know, in, in every state? <laughs> yeah. We will look for that abundance or possible abundance of evidence about giants and more with Travis, Gene, and Tim. You're in uh, the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R O C K O I D S.com. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833 Vital 90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So is there perhaps other evidence to look forward to, Travis? Yeah, I hope so, as far as finding more. But, like, there were so many of these giants, you know, concentrated within, like, the Ohio Valley. You have Ohio, like, Indiana was a big concentration of them, large concentration of them. California had a lot up and down the coast. Um, Florida seemed to have a lot. They were... To me, they seem to be a little bit smaller of giants in, in Florida, but yet they were around seven to eight feet tall. So that it almost seemed to be a different tribe or race of giants almost there. I don't know. I, I, but, you know, I do find them all over the place, really. But the big pockets are, you know, California, the north area around the Ohio Valley. And I mean, every once in a while, I find them in Texas, like but a lot of times they're close to like rivers, buried near rivers. Um, I like that. I know I ran across a uh, an old newspaper article that uh, I think it was around uh, 1874, where a giant skull was discovered in a mound that would have been just a 10 minute drive from my house. Here in southern Indiana, of course, the and I tried to uh, uh, track it down, but obviously the mound has long since disappeared, unfortunately. Which I mean, that that happens a lot of, with the the smaller ones; they they fall under the plow, so to speak. Right. You know, it's funny. Some of these mounds, they don't have to be all that tall. Like sometimes they're only like three feet tall, and so like your eye might not grab it, right? And then they were digging in them, and then they find these giants. So they weren't always massive. Because I know Ohio, that area, they have some massive, you know, a story, one to two story tall, just heaps of earth on these burial mounds. But they're not always, it's not always that case. Like sometimes they're very, very relatively small. And I don't know if that's because of just years of erosion. Because, you know, some of them, or it could be years of plowing, you know, but sometimes these are in forested areas um, where they find them, too. So what do you think, what do you think comes next with this? I mean, you've been collecting, okay, let me, let me step back from what I was going to say. How many newspaper articles so far have you collected and, and, uh, and put up for others to see? I think your Instagram account probably uh has the most but uh right uh, yeah what uh, uh how many of you uh, run across so far okay so like on my instagram account i'm gonna like right now i'm at 1233 posts and pretty much every one of them are almost everyone is an account of a giant mm-hmm. and i try not to do too many repeats um, sometimes I'll go to the very first when I was starting to post them and then throw it back up because it only had like just a few views and I feel like more people need to see it. So I don't do that very often. I try to organically go in and find one. So I'm just going to be very conservative and say about between seven and 800 mm. um, of actual individual reports. I know there's got to be a lot more out there, and but it's just it's hard. It, it takes a lot of work to to find these you're you're doing search words 
if you put in three search words, it'll bring up zero. But I know it shouldn't. But somehow, I don't know if the search bar has been tweaked. And so I have to try with fewer words and do a lot more digging. <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but a lot more digging through these articles. And it's, it's tiring. But I, you know, I try not to do a lot of repeat. Sometimes I will, though, because sometimes you'll find more than one newspaper report on the same story, which I think is pretty cool. Well, and a lot of the search engines seem to be set up more to to bring up more recent articles and stories and tend to ignore older ones. Which is what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking for the real old ones. That's those are the those are the best. They're all cool. Yeah, but I mean a lot of these a lot of the new stories that say like you know Google will bring up are obviously hoaxes, spurious. Photoshop. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. There's some really good Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, I try to avoid Google when it comes to my research. <laughs> Unless I'm, you know, but for for this research, I I go straight to a web page. It's a it's the um, it's the Library of Congress free domain. Anybody can go in, and you're actually searching just old newspapers. And, it, and they even I forget what their their time period is. It's like it's way it's way back there, like the beginning of the 1800s. Uh, and I might even say seven. I, I want to say it says says from 17 something all the way to 19 something. Um, of course, I haven't found any, and that's what I really want to find. I would like to find one from the 1700s, but I have yet to find that one. But so, I, I, you know, I don't like to do the research on just Google, you know, because you don't know. And that's one reason I started doing this is I wanted to find it organically right on the on the on the right websites and to bring out real stuff. You know, I've been accused of like, well, you could write, you're just writing this stuff. It's like, do you think I have time for this? I barely have enough time to be, you know, doing all this research. I don't have time to like write up a newspaper article. And then you, know, you can even see other newspaper articles alongside, beside these newspaper articles. Um, so, no, I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. Well, and for. Anybody who who cares to look, you know, at your Instagram account, there's a lot of these of the more recent articles that actually have photographs of these skeletons. Right, right. So I will, I will, because there have been very few instances of like skeletons taken photos of, and I'll try to incorporate every once in a while a, a picture of one of those ancient skeletons. Or skulls, just so people, you know, to make it more fun, right? Like, because honestly, it's not fun to look at a bunch of words. You know what I mean? It's not as fun. So I like to make it look more historical, and I'll throw a picture of a real skeleton. Or sometimes I'll, sometimes I will do my own personal artwork, and I will draw a, just by taking the description in the article, and and do my best at drawing one, drawing a skull that looks like their description, like the sloping forehead and the, the size of the jaw, the lower jaw. And sometimes I'll do that just, you know, just to um, to help help the viewers. Yeah. Imagination to, to try to imagine what these individuals might would have looked like. 
But we always assume here, Travis, that their technology level was very, very primitive. And their only advantage was being very big. Yeah. So, I mean, I it's hard for me to say because sometimes they had very nice pieces of pottery, stone. They, sometimes they had like stone vessels made out of uh, like would hold a gallon of liquid. With Travis, Gene, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. President Biden cutting short his trip to the G7 summit to return to the White House for negotiations on raising the debt ceiling. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan went with Biden to the summit in Japan. Sullivan adding that Biden told other leaders he believes the U.S. can get a good result on the debt ceiling. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wants to dismiss the judge in Disney's lawsuit against him. He filed a motion against Chief Judge Mark Walker because he said Walker has prejudged the situation and should be replaced. The former Marine charged in the subway chokehold death of a homeless man in New York City is speaking out. Daniel Penny, who's facing second-degree manslaughter charges for putting Jordan Neely into a chokehold on a subway earlier this month, told the New York Post that racial backlash is, quote, comical. Corey Myers, USA News. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. 
No matter where you live, what you make, or who you voted for, there are some things that will impact all of us soon. Whether you're concerned about the alarming increase in man-made disasters, financial institutions collapsing, or worsening food shortages, Americans are preparing in numbers not seen since World War II. What's changed is how we prepare. And the folks at My Patriot Supply have made it easier than ever for you to have peace of mind, knowing you're ready for what's next. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on over a dozen emergency food kits. These include tasty breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, fruits, veggies, meats, and snacks, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit per person. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. My Patriot Supply food kits are in stock and shipped discreetly. We've seen too many Americans let down by institutions we used to trust. It's time to rely on ourselves. MyPatriotSupply.com MyPatriotSupply.com This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we don't have giants running around in flying saucers then? Well, not that I've seen, but who knows? It sounds to me like perhaps this was an evolutionary path that led to a dead end. I mean, why are they gone? That's the question. What happened to them? Yeah, okay. So, for one, I believe that there were multiple judgments from God upon these beings— One was the flood. The Bible indicates that there was a second incursion of these giants after the flood. And it's my belief that the ones after the flood were smaller in in stature. Okay, so so wait a minute here. I wanted to clarify this. You're talking about the fact that there are apparently no more giants or very few is strictly because of divine intervention isn't that a matter of faith rather than scientific research? Yeah, it's it's faith. It's faith. It's faith, and but it's also looking at the biblical um, the biblical writings. So it says that you know the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards, which in the context of that actual chapter is the flood, before the flood and afterwards when the sons of God, which are like these these other beings that are earthly beings came down and did what they were not supposed to do, creating these offspring called Nephilim, which were mighty men, the mighty men of old. And then you get down a little farther and you can you can connect the dots of who were these people. Well, they were as tall as cedar trees, strong as oak trees. Well, so you have a flood. Afterwards, it happens. They, they come back. Um, they seem to be smaller based on sizes given in the biblical writing of about, you know, 18 feet tall, maybe, somewhere in there at the, at the most, it seems to be. Then there was a judgment from God with Joshua, where God rained down a lot of hailstones and killed more of them than Joshua's men did. So I guess, and then you have the, the, the Indian lore of like, you know, possible fire falling from heaven. You know, who's to say, but I feel like there might be some sort of a judgment a divine judgment upon these beings, whether or not was it because they were tyrants. Um, some of the words in the Bible describe them as being fierce. Um, when you look into the ancient Hebrew, 
they were mighty, they were very strong, but they were also fierce. And so there's a possibility that he might have put judgment upon them even further, maybe than we even know. Okay, so I wanted to really get this clarified here because we're talking now not about scientific discoveries and evidence, although that appears to be the case, but an early history of some sort of divine intervention. What about people who say that there are passages in the Bible that lead them to believe we were visited by aliens in ages past? Where those passages are would be uh, Genesis 6 verse 4 would be you know, when the watchers came down and took women, that to me, where I, that's how I could see it would would fit just perfect for it being much like the aliens coming down and maybe in a craft or something um, like that. And maybe even creating some sort of hybrid offspring. If that, Is that what you're referring to? Because that's that's what I was alluding to earlier. Well, that doesn't require divine intervention. It requires interaction with an advanced species from somewhere else. Right, yeah. But as far as like judgment upon the giants, upon that offspring, that would might would be, you know, based off legends of fire falling from heaven in northern Mexico, that would be, I would consider that like a divine intervention. But you also have the legends of them fighting each other off um, and other legends as well. So there's a lot that we don't know, and you, you almost have to build a picture with the information you have available to you. I'm just saying here we don't have to look at a religious interpretation. We can oh, look right, at pure right. science if we have different species on this planet. Some may have been seeded by entities or beings from other worlds or other dimensions, it doesn't have to be that. And that's why some people oh, look right, at the Bible right. and say, you know what, this is an historical account of things that happened to us a couple of thousand years ago. Right. We should correct. understand that. Now, the other question I have, because it seems to relate, is how old could these giants become? We know how old humans can become. Now, as people are healthier, they get over 100 years old and some are in pretty decent shape. What about the giants? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would tend to think that they could get, you know, fairly old, but I don't really know because you have different, even different, you know, different animals can grow much older than a human. So, like, who's to say that them being different could outlive your normal human? Like, there's certain type of tortoise could grow, could live like over a hundred years. I forget how old these things. So you have different creatures on the earth that can live much longer than we do. So. I would have to assume that because these are different, that they could probably outlive us, possibly. But who? I don't really know that uh, answer, obviously, obviously. But aren't there references in the Bible to living longer than what we conventionally expect from humans today? Oh, yes, there were. Yeah. I, I mean, at one point in time in the Bible, it says that, you know, I think the oldest person lived to be like 969 years. Um and then it seemed to be somewhere in there that they started living less around the flood time to like 120 years or something. So I don't know if, you know, if they're on that same timeline as as we are. It's hard to say because, you know, God called him. He says he, he will not, you know, deal with mankind forever. So he kind of lumps them in there with mankind because they're hybridized. 
But, you know, who knows if he put the same time stamp and seal upon their uh, lifespan. But there are, yeah, you're right. There are longer lifespans mentioned uh, earlier. Well, of course, there are legends of other civilizations on our planet. Lemuria, Atlantis, etc. Right. We had advanced races of people, and because of a worldwide catastrophe, it doesn't have to be divine intervention, but I suppose you could believe that it is, these civilizations vanished for right. whatever reason. Right. And, and I tend, we are the tend, ones who are left. Right, right. And I tend to think that a lot of these peoples were probably parts of those civilizations. Like you just mentioned, like Atlantis and the Lumerians, and there's so many different cultures of peoples that were here before. And I tend to, I tend to believe that they, those giants, were amongst those peoples. How so? How how so? Well, because you know, a lot of these, like we said before, a lot of these ancient giants, that they weren't always real primitive. Some of them were. Some of them just used stone, but a, a lot of them had, you know, the, you know, greater technologies with them. They were able to, you know, navigate. They were navigating the, the waters and the, you know, across the sea. They were building these great civilizations and moving from place to place. And, you know, it just makes sense. Now, I mean, we don't have a textbook saying, like, who was there. But you have, like, so many, like, even like the Canary Islands, just right off of um, northern Africa, you had like these red-haired, giant-looking uh, peoples that lived there. They're called the, the the Gaunches or something like that, and they built these big megalithic-type structures there. So, if you just look at the the history of what the Earth was, and then you have the the tales of Atlantis and all these other, to me, it may it fits perfect like a puzzle that these peoples would have been, you know, maybe responsible for building some of these civilizations. Would that we had more evidence that that is so. We have another segment uh, to do with Travis, and then we'll do a wrap-up on the After the Paracast podcast, available to subscribers of the Paracast Plus with Gene and Tim. And, of course, Travis, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about 
Paracast Plus. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. I need help with my taxes. Where can I find free tax help? If you make $54,000 a year or less, you can participate in the IRS Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, VITA, or the Tax Counseling for the Elderly, TCE, programs. IRS-certified volunteers provide free basic tax prep for low- to moderate-income taxpayers. The TCE program is specifically for taxpayers age 60 and older. Go to irs.gov and enter Free Tax Prep in the search box to find a VITA or TCE site near you. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-509-4492-800-509-4492-800-509-4492-800-509-4492. That's 800-509-4492. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let me ask you, Travis Roy, is there any way to nail this down once and for all as to what had gone on here? With giants in general? Absolutely. And all the side subjects we get into. Right. That's a great question because, I mean, to nail it down, honestly, you know, it has to, it takes a little bit of faith. Like as far as like when you look at these news articles, you really just have to have faith that they weren't lying to you. Right. And so I have to look at the sheer number of the articles 
right? And then you have the massive, I've, you know, seen and put my hands on the massive stone artifacts, you know, and seen the pictures and even seen a massive footprint in stone, which used to be probably some sort of mud or clay that had turned into stone. So to nail it down, I would say we just have to look at what we can look at and it makes sense. So and then you have the people who say they see, you know, maybe giant type creatures in the forest now. Now, I don't know if you that's not really evidence because you're going by maybe a one witness account. So but as far as nailing it down, I think you have to go by just the sheer number of reports and then plus the extra textbooks that might have been written outside of the newspapers. I just focus solely on newspapers, um, but I could get into this other stuff eventually as well. Well, so maybe that's, that's what we should be doing. Let's do that in the remaining segment of our main show and get into more of it in the premium show. I don't have, I guess what I'm saying is I have not done the research within like, you know, textbooks. I haven't got to that yet. I've been solely looking at newspapers and just putting them out there. Uh, this is what people have said they found. This is when they said they found it. This is where they wrote, wrote it and just leaving it as it is, right? But as far as the sheer number of that, those articles, the big, massive stone and weapons and different weapons around the world that they found. To me, that's about as far as you can nail it down unless you had like a skeleton in front of you. You know what I mean? But it seems like we don't have that uh, the ability to have a skeleton right in front of us at the moment. What level of on-site research have you done over the years? Really, I've just focused on this one account, and it's, it's called chroniclingamerica.gov. And I just use because, you know, it's it's the United States, it's it's free. And I just use that and I just plug away at that. Since I came across the lore of the Celtic peoples, you know, saying that the mighty people were among them, I just looked right into that and I just started, you know, plugging away and just post after post after post, just, you know, kind of just blasting that information out there, you know, do with it whatever you may or, you know, whatever you think about it. Here's the information I'm coming up with, and I'm not I'm not making this stuff up. Basically, I'm just redistributing old accounts and putting them back out there as you know, just putting them back out there today because they've been lost. But what could be done to verify them? I mean, we know, especially in the 19th century, a lot of newspapers made up stuff to sell papers. Right. So verification, like, for example, like. I have a buddy of mine who's into the ancestry, and he looks into these dudes, the, all the people who were mentioned in each of these articles, everyone he's looked into, they were real people. And so to me, that's that's verification of to some extent. Can, what verifies that somebody existed? It doesn't verify they told the truth. That's true. But there is a lot of like a lot of these articles will mention more than one person. And then he'll go to another article from another year, maybe 50 years apart and and find out the same information. And so that's verifying that the people were real. Um, Were they telling the truth or were they all liars? You know, we would hope not. So as far as to verify, you know, if we were to go put boots on the ground and find out if there was a mound in that city, well, you have a little more evidence. You, You know, you follow what I'm saying. So like you would have a little more evidence if, you know, that area was an actual area. But you know, that would be that would take a lot of hours to do that. But, you know, I just try to put it out there 
And if people want to do their own research, that's great because well, that's one reason I do this is like because I, I, I try to hashtag the town or the location. So maybe if you're or from somebody is from one of those areas, I get no, I get notes all the time. The message is like, oh, you know what? This is this far from my house or this is near my town. Thank you for sharing this. I'm going to look into this more. I'm like, that's awesome, man. Let me know if you find out more. Right. Has anybody who has seen your posting mm-hmm. actually gone out and confirmed one of these stories? Not, not, not yet. But you know how people are. They're busy. They, they're doing stuff. But no, that's I'm, I'm looking forward to that day. And I'm actually looking forward to the day when somebody says, hey, you know, I found a bone, you know, or I found this. Here's a picture of this. But no, I haven't got that yet. But fingers crossed. Well, I know that, uh, I mean, I can confirm and I don't know if you've uh, had this listed in in in, in your archives uh, uh, yet, but the discovery in the 19th century of a large skeleton in a mound at Miamisburg, Ohio, and I know for a fact that that mound is there. I've been up on it several times. I used to live uh, close to it, and uh, so I mean the uh, the newspaper that the story came from was an actual newspaper at the time. Now, you know, I don't know if the the people quoted in that story were real, but, uh, you know, those, those are two points right there. The mound is there and the newspaper was there. So, you know. Right. And that does ring a bell. I do remember hearing of that actual mound. But see, like me being from the South, like, you know, I just I love it when people write me from up north and say, hey, this is my area. I was like, man, I'm jealous because I really wish I lived up there. But, you know, but that's thanks for sharing that because that that is helpful to, for me to hear stuff like that because I'm coming. I'm in the same boat with you all like I'm posting this stuff out, but I love to hear, you know, somebody clarify it and a little bit better. Um, so, well, here's some more information that makes it even better. It's nice. It's really nice. What level of personal exploration have you engaged in? Yeah, I haven't done any personal boots on the ground doing any of this. Like, I would love to do that one day if it's ever um, if it's ever legal to to go searching for this type of stuff. But no, I have not yet, as of yet, done that. And I try, you know, you know, hike. I do a lot of hiking. I, I'm a big outdoors guy, and through the years, I've seen stone burial mounds, but I know you're really not supposed to dig into them just because of the law. And so I don't do that. But, you know, there's a part of a investigator and, you know, researcher in me wants to excavate it. But, you know, I don't. I don't. But I'm always curious. I actually have come across where there was a strange humanoid buried in one of these stone cairns, these stone mounds. And like, I forget what state it was in. But I've seen them all over the place around the U.S. where I've hiked, but I've never dug into it. But it was nice to find an article of where a farmer actually dug into one on his own property, and there was a burial within it of a strange, strange humanoid. You know, that's a good point where we need to ask you if our listeners want to know where to find you. Where can they check you out? Okay, so you can find my research and uh, postings on Instagram and Facebook, and the name of the account is Giants underscore of underscore Ancient America. And Ancient America is one word. So Giants of Ancient America is where you can find all these reposted articles. 
You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. While we last on Twitter, you never know with Elon Musk. I just attacked him. He's going to get rid of us now. Just you wait. You can find us on Facebook with the Paracast fan club and the Paracast group. And I'll leave it to you to figure out which is best. You can also get branded merchandise for Paracast listeners. Four different logos to choose from. We have the t-shirts and lots of other merch. Just check out the Paracast.shop. Once again, that's the Paracast.shop. And don't forget the Paracast Plus. We offer this show free of the network ads, higher quality audio, and the After the Paracast podcast, where Travis will return, as all for a low subscription price. Go to the Paracast.plus to check it out. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you will get a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions. That's the Paracast Plus. This was a whole lot of fun, Travis Roy. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.